As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Yo, yo, welcome to a post-game edition of the Forum Club. I'm your host, Jovan Buha, Lakers beat writer for The Athletic. And the Lakers finally dropped a road game, their first of the season, uh, 107 to 106 to the Philadelphia 76ers on Wednesday night, dropping them to 14 and 5 overall and 10 and 1 away from Staples Center. The story of this game to me was missed opportunities. Uh, the Lakers shot 8 of 24 from deep, only 33.3%. Missed a bunch of good looks that I think if a couple of those go down, this is a different game. You know, maybe a game that the Lakers win by a few points. Uh, even worse, they were 16 of 25 at, at the free throw line, uh, 64%, including some key missed free throws by Anthony Davis and LeBron James. AD only went 5 of 10 from the free throw line. Uh, so he, he's really been struggling for, from the free throw line. Uh, I believe he is now, uh, let's see here, 26 of 38 from the charity stripe. Uh, that is 68.4%. So that 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 you know over his last five games rather so you know he, he's really been struggling shooting the ball uh, was 0 for three from deep tonight uh, you know so I this is just one of those games you know they only had 11 turnovers so that, that that's a positive um, and, and they shot you know basically 48 percent which you know most nights that the Lakers shoot that well they're going to win uh, but you know they they sent the Sixers to the free throw line 26 times. Sixers didn't shoot much better. We're just nine of 25 uh, for, from three for, for 36%. But the Sixers punched them in the mouth early. You know, I, I said this on Twitter. Uh, this was the first time since opening night that the Lakers were punched in the mouth. You know, if you remember, uh, the, the Clippers got out to that big lead. I think they led by like 19 or 21 toward, towards the end of that frame uh, and then took another big lead in the beginning of the second quarter. Uh, but, but the Sixers were up by 16 points at one point in the first Lakers rally to get that within 10. Uh, and then it was just kind of a game of runs from there where uh, the, the Sixers would go up 8, 10, 12. Lakers would cut it down, uh, but but they could never quite get over the hump. You know, they, they tied it a couple times, got within, you know, two, four points a couple times. Uh, but, you know, it really until the end of the game, frankly, when the Lakers took a, a 106 105 lead off of a beautiful ATO set, uh, you know, sideline out of bounds 
where, where they set a screen for AD, put Joel Embiid in movement defensively, and AD was able to get a layup from LeBron, just a, a great pass and um, a well-executed play that looked like was going to be uh, the, the game-winning play of the night before Tobias Harris drew a switch and uh, hit a tough, contested, you know, fadeaway jumper over Alex Caruso. Uh, you know, he, he just had a size advantage over him, and, and there wasn't much AC could do. Uh, but I also thought, you know, from a rotation perspective, there was a lot left on the table. Uh, I really thought that Frank Vogel dropped the ball in the second half. Uh, his first half rotation, I was good with. Marcus Soul played 15 minutes, was on pace to playing 30 minutes, which would have been a season high. He still ended up playing 24 minutes, which tied his season high. Uh, but I, I really was surprised by their decision to not play him in the fourth quarter. Uh, I thought he defended Joel Embiid really well. And Frank Vogel said it heading into the game. Like, you know, the, the first thing on their scouting report was defending Joel Embiid. And uh, Embiid ended up having 28 points, uh, 8 of 18 shooting, 11 of 13 from the free throw line. And though he did score several times uh, against Marcus including some contested jumpers, I thought Mark did a really good job of, of battling him, keeping him on the perimeter. And, you know, th- there were a couple breakdowns here and there, but uh, Mark also had eight points, a couple of threes, had three, you know, beautiful assists to LeBron uh, on back cuts. You know, th- those two really have that connection. And I, I just thought Marcus Soul should have played more. Uh, I also thought Alex Caruso should have played more. He was a team best plus eight uh, in terms of plus minus in 16 minutes. And, you know, the, the Lakers really, I, I thought, looked so much better with him on the floor, uh, yet he he ended up playing, um, you know, only 16 minutes. And this was a game that they, they leaned you know, more heavily on their starters. LeBron played 39 minutes, AD played 35, Mark played 24, which again tied a season high. So th- they were going with the starting group a little bit more, uh, but I, I thought, and then this was also a game where, where Frank went with 11 guys. So THT got seven minutes which probably cut into some, some of Caruso's minutes because he started, uh, he as in THT started the, the second quarter, which is usually the time that Alex comes in. But, um, you know, I, I thought Alex really flipped the game. And, and afterward, uh, LeBron called him uh, the team Swiss Army knife. And he was like, you need scissors, you, you need finger clips, uh, you, you need a bottle opener. Like Alex gives you whatever you need. And uh, and, and that was the case in the fourth. You know, he, he really swung the game uh, at several critical moments, uh, had a big three, um, had a had a couple steals. Uh, you know, it was just making plays defensively. Uh, and of course, you know, Tobias Harris hits that shot over him. But that's a guy who's got what uh, you know eight nine inches on him, and uh, is a, a good ISO you know pull up shooter. So you, you live with that, right? And you know, the, the Sixers had a good play. They, they drew the switch and. Uh, there isn't much Alex can do in that scenario. So you, you don't expect him to stop a guy 6'9", 6'10", uh, pulling up over him. Like that's just, you know, he, he's too small to to defend that. Um, I was actually surprised the Lakers didn't go with a, a different defensive lineup. I know that that defensive lineup had worked well, but when you're talking about 10 seconds left, uh, you're probably going to be switching. I, I thought that it, it might've made more sense to pull Dennis and, and put Kyle out there or, or even Keith. Uh, and then just go like AD, LeBron, KCP, Alex, and, and then Kuz or Keefe in that fifth spot. Uh, that, that way you would have had a little bit more switchability. Now, you know, maybe you still would have ran the same play and, and Alex would have potentially ended up on, on Tobias anyway. But I think you would have had Kyle 
or Keefe as that help guy, uh, you know, someone that could rotate over. And, and, and I, I mean, again, you, you didn't know what the Sixers were going to do, and they still could have ran the same play. But I think it, it just would have made a little bit more sense to go a little bit bigger and, and more versatile defensively on that final possession. But, um, you know, so I think overall uh, this was a encouraging game in some respects for, for how bad they played, yet the fact that they still almost stole the game. Uh, but also discouraging because, again, they, they left some things on the table with, with the three-point shooting, with the free throw shooting, uh, with, with some of the lineups and, and rotations that were used, particularly in the second half. Um, you know, one, one thing I didn't mention was that in the first half, there was no lineup of meh. There, there was no Trez, Keefe, LeBron, Kuz, West lineup. I, I think actually it technically played 15 seconds, but, um, you know, Frank quickly uh, took someone out for THT. I think he took Trez out for THT to go small. Uh, but but they, they went to that group to, to close the third, to start the fourth. And, and then Frank rode Trez, who uh, frankly had a, a very poor game. Uh, I actually think he, he defended Embiid decently well uh, in, in several post-up situations. He, he forced him out to the perimeter, didn't let him get good position. Uh, but overall, just, you know, 15 points, zero point. I mean, 15 minutes, zero points, zero of one shooting. Didn't have an offensive rebound, only had one rebound overall. Uh, did have three steals and, and you know, I, I guess was active as a help defender somewhat, but also had four fouls, uh, ended up having more fouls than Marcus Gasol, uh, who, who played more minutes. So I, I thought the Trez minutes in the first half, he had only played five minutes and, and I thought that made sense given the matchup. But for whatever reason, Frank went with him longer in the second half. I, I didn't really see it. I, I didn't see what warranted that. Um, you know, I, I thought this you know, was the last... You know, you're going up against Joel Embiid who played 38 minutes. Like you should be playing Marcus Gasol more. I think this is a game Marcus Gasol should have played 28, 30 minutes. Now I don't know if he's on a minutes limit. I, I don't. I don't know what the restriction is with him. You know, Frank hasn't said that. But to, to me, if you're going to play Marcus Gasol more, this is that matchup. And again, I thought he he played well. And uh, you know, maybe down the stretch you want to go with a smaller unit. Frank said that he thinks that that group of AD, LeBron, KCP, Alex, and Dennis is their best defensive group right now. And, and I, I see that it worked right. Like they, they, I think they entered when LeBron re-entered the game, they were down ten and they ended up losing by one. So that that group was a plus nine over the final four minutes of the game. But I, I still felt Marcus Sol should have been back in the game in the early to mid part of the fourth, uh, which was a, a crucial time that the Lakers didn't really make up the score. Like they, they were basically in that, you know, eight to 12 point deficit for most of the first half of the the uh, fourth quarter, if not more, you know, I think it got up to, to 12 or 14 at one point. So um, I, I think a questionable game for, for Frank Vogel, it, it's funny, uh, I was just asked last game, what I thought about his coaching performance, and I, I believe I give him an A. Uh, and this would this would be the first game, aside from maybe the Portland game, where I, I thought it was questionable both to close with Trez and to close with Trez as the primary pick and roll defender uh, against Yusuf Nurkic and Dame Lillard. Uh, aside from that game, this is really the only game that I can point to and say. I don't really know what Frank Vogel was doing. Uh, again, I, I don't understand the Trez reliance in the second half uh, after how poorly he played in the first half and, and really uh, again not showing me anything different in, in that second half to, to warrant the extra minutes um i, I don't understand the benching of marcus soul i don't understand the the uh lack of crusoe minutes and 
yeah, I mean, I think those would be the, the three things I would point to. Uh, you know, I, I think maybe Kuz and, and Keefe could have played a little bit more. I, I look at a guy like Wes Matthews and, and, you know, his 20 minutes, and I felt like that was a little high um, for, for his performance. So as Frank has said multiple times, this is all a learning experiment. The Lakers are, are testing things. They're, they're tinkering with lineups, rotations, uh, configurations. And I think, you know, some encouraging things were LeBron had 34, six and six, and to me was the best player on the floor. Uh, Joel Embiid had a really impressive start, but overall LeBron controlled the game. Uh, to me, continues to look like the, the MVP front runner. And, and this only added to that. Uh, AD had a quiet 23, but uh, upon, I went back and looked at his shots and I actually thought he did some good things. He scored on Embiid multiple times, took him off the dribble. Uh, and I, I thought did some good things there. You know, if, if he makes his free throws, you know, makes seven or eight out of the 10, we're looking at a 25, 26 point night and maybe a Lakers win. And then Dennis Schroda uh, finally broke out of his slump that, that's been multiple games now uh, with 16 points and, and four assists. Uh, took Danny Green off the dribble multiple times in the second half and, and really got going. So I think that there are things the Lakers can build and learn uh, from this game. It is a disappointing loss when you just had that opportunity to steal it. Uh, but but it was a game, in my opinion, the Lakers deserve to lose. And I don't think there's been many of them this season, uh, but but this was one of them. And I, I think uh, it's going to be interesting to see how they bounce back from this, how you know, the next time they're in this scenario, which could be this Saturday against the Celtics, uh, you know, what lineup Frank goes with, how he handles the fourth quarter minutes, the, the, the bench-centric minutes, and just sort of who's playing with who. Because I thought in the first half he did a great job, and I tweeted that out that he deserved credit for not going to that unproductive bench lineup, for not really playing Trez that much. And then he, he did both of those things in the second half and it, it just didn't really make sense to me. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm sure he, he's still putting a, a sample size together and, and trying to figure things out. He, he's talked about needing to get guys minutes and, and that's, you know, one of the ways, but I, I do think that the lineup of meh as, uh, has been uh, coined by Lakers Twitter needs to be retired uh it, it, it just has not worked it, it treads water at best and, and usually is a negative unless lebron just goes supernova which we know is possible but uh, i yeah you know I, I don't think you could just try to rely on that on a nightly basis so um i think that that lineup should be retired i think trez should not play as many minutes against a joel Embiid type against the nikola Jokic type like those are marcus soul matchups or ad matchups right like uh you know ad defended Embiid down the stretch, and I thought he did a good job against him for the most part. Um, you know, he, Embiid had one move where he took him baseline, scored over him. I think it was like a reverse layup, and you know that that was a nice move. But aside from that, you know, AD bothered him uh, and and forced him into some tough jumpers. So I think overall, I would have liked to see more of AD on Embiid. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Let's get into the Q&A portion of the show. I, uh, I, <laughs> I said that there was probably going to be a lot of questions, and of course there are. Uh, I, I'll just start here. Um from Drew Burkhart. 
why doesn't AC get more minutes? It's getting to be baffling. Also ask Frank too, please and thanks. Uh, this is a trend. I, I want to say I got one, two, three, four, uh, five, six Caruso questions. Uh, so th this is one of the more popular ones, th this in AD. I'm not really sure. Uh, I, I do think that tonight in particular, uh, THT essentially took Caruso's role in the first half. And you know he, he started in that group that Caruso will start with sometimes. And uh, you know I, I think when they're going to 11 guys, as I've said before, I, I think Caruso and THT are more in competition for minutes than THT is with, with say, Wes Matthews. Uh, I do think that it, it is a, a separate thing. You know, I, I think Wes, even looking at the box score right here, like KCP played 27 minutes, Wes played 20. Like th those guys are almost splitting uh, the, the minutes at the two or even the minutes at the three, you know, sometimes they'll slide up to the three as KCP closed at the three, but those guys are, are kind of splitting their minutes. Uh, I, I view THT and Alex as in competition really for the, the backup point guard minutes behind Dennis. So I do think that had THT not played tonight, Alex might've played 18, 20, 22 minutes, uh, which I, I think is more in line with what he deserves. But I mean, really looking at the bench, you can make the case Alex Caruso is their be their best bench player. Uh, it, it's it's Caruso or or Trez or or Kuz, right? Like I, I think it's one of those three guys, um, and he he should be leading the bench in in minutes. I, I think uh, you know like Tre Trez is going to play a lot because Mark is always going to be in that sixteen to twenty two minute range. So th there's just a lot of leftover center minutes. And until the playoffs, when AD is going to be playing more at the five, I think that's where Trez is just going to play, you know, 20 to 25, 28 minutes. Uh, but but aside from Trez, who I, I think is a unique case, like, you know, former six man of the year, or I guess reigning six man of the year, uh, a guy who, you know, signed for a discount, like, you know, Trez is one thing. But aside from Trez, I think Alex should play more than any other bench player. You know, he should play more than Kuz. He should play more than Keith. He should play more than Wes. He should play more than, than THT. And that might mean the Lakers downsizing at times, but that lineup worked and it worked against one of the biggest teams in the league. Like the, the Sixers were closing with uh, with their starters and that's a pretty big group. Like uh, aside from Seth Curry, who, who's a point guard size and, and you could put a Crusoe on him, uh, everyone in that group is 6'5", is 6'6", six, six, six and above. You know, Danny Green is only 6'5", but he has really long arms, uh, is one of the best shot blocking guards of all time. And then you got Embiid, who's who's seven one, Ben Simmons six nine, Tobias Harris six nine. So like that's a pretty big lineup, uh, you know, long, athletic, and Alex Crusoe held his own and, and was a game changer defensively against that group. So I don't buy into the uh, notion of of you know like a, if it's a size thing or, or just you know they, they want to play different wings. Like I, I think. He, on some nights, is this team's third or fourth best player, third or fourth most important player. It's not necessarily a night-to-night, game-to-game thing, but you know, AC should be in the mix more than he is. And, and right now, frankly, he's kind of like the, the ninth or tenth guy in, in the rotation if you just look at the minutes every night. like it's prob He's probably the ninth guy. Uh, it's usually Trez, Kuz, and Wes playing more than him. He's in that ninth spot. And then it's Keefe and THT 10th and 11th. Uh, but to me, he should be 7th.
I, I think it's just he's better than Kuz. He's better than Wes. He should be playing more than them. I'm going to write more about this soon, but uh, I'm totally with uh, all of Lakers Twitter calling for Alex Russo to play more. He, he just makes things happen. Uh, I, I just I, I think he should uh, he should play more. Um, let's see here. 2020 City of Champs. 80 going 5-10 to 10 from the free throw line and a one-point loss really hurts. Hard to lose these games in regular season, but Lakers will only go uh, as far in the playoffs as AD goes. You know LeBron will be there. So th- this is a sentiment that several, you know, someone else asked. Uh, ML Portly asked if AD was injured. And another one here from, from Shane underscore WD. How much of AD's up and down season is attributable to the long playoff run that he's never had in, in short turnaround? Uh, should his effort level be a concern? So a lot of AD questions here. That there's a couple more. Um, I think AD is being held to his postseason standard, which I, I don't think is necessarily fair to him. Uh, like I, I think, I think a, a couple criticisms of him that are warranted are his rebounding has not been the same. His rebounding has, has decreased this season, and I think that's. That's something that the Lakers need. Now, I, I know that they, they do have bigger uh, wings and guards who are good rebounders. Uh, you know, Kyle Kuzma's rebounded the ball well. Uh, Trez has had some big rebounding games. We, we, we know Alex Caruso uh, can, can be active on the glass. Uh, THT, obviously LeBron. Uh, even Dennis has had some big rebounding games. So, I, you know, I guess overall this might be a better rebounding team than last season. Uh, a more active rebounding team than last season. And, you know, so that, that might be contributing to why he's not rebounding as well. But I, I also, th- I mean, his defensive effort has gotten a lot better. I think he, he's not fully back to where he was last season, but he's he's getting there. I think the defense has been pretty good. I, I think it's, it's the shot selection. And, you know, the free throws are a problem, but I think that's something that'll write itself throughout the season. To me, it's more the shot selection. I, I think he's settling too much uh, especially coming off of last postseason where he was so good as a shooter, you know, was shooting in the 40s in terms of his mid-range and uh, 38% on threes that he's, call, he's he's kind of fallen in love with the jumper to an extent. And when you're that talented, you have that many ways to attack that many weapons, it kind of just comes down to how do I want to play this? How do I want to attack? And for AD, it feels like, his go-to recently has just been okay well i'm just gonna shoot over the guy like i'm just gonna pull up i'm gonna step back i'm gonna fade away like and he's talented enough to do that and when his jumper is falling he's literally unguardable like there's no player in the league that can check him when his jumper's uh falling but when it's not falling uh he, he is susceptible to some of the games he's had recently where he's been under 20 points and you know anthony davis should uh walk into 20 points like if Anthony Davis is playing and he's not in foul trouble and he's not injured and he's playing at least, you know, 28 minutes, he should walk into 20 points every single night. Like he is that good, that caliber of a scorer, that caliber of a player. Uh, he should, you know, with his eyes closed, be able to get 20 points. And that has not been the case recently. So for, for me, it's more of a, uh, you know, it's, it's almost like a form of load management within the games where I think, He's he's coasting a little bit offensively in terms of just not always putting the ball on the floor, attacking the rim. Uh, you, you saw tonight again where when he attacked Joel Embiid, he was able to score over him. And Joel Embiid is uh, you know one of the best defensive players in the league. You know a perennial 
defensive player of the year uh, candidate. And AD toasted him multiple times. So we know AD can do that. And I don't think he has to prove anything. I think anybody kind of saying that uh, is being a little unfair to him after the, the postseason run that he had where he was just you know absolutely dominant and unguardable. Uh, so, you know, I think AD deserves the benefit of the doubt and, until proven otherwise. Like if he has a, a poor postseason performance, then, you know, some of these questions, I think, become legitimate and, and we can have that discussion. But until then, I think he, he's, you know, he's Teflon until next postseason. And we'll see how he performs. We could go from there. But I think, you know, people asking about an injury, I don't I don't think it's at that level. Like I, I think AD's playing better than people think he's playing. Uh, but he has not been himself. He has not been last year's version. Uh, th- this is a down year in some regards uh, in, in important categories like his scoring, like his shooting, like his free throws, like his rebounds. So, you know, I, I think he, he's going to play better. I, I think he he has he's playing better now than he was the first you know five to ten games. Uh, so there has been some improvement, but it, it is a little concerning. I, I'm not going to say it's not. But I do think that overall, he's playing better than people are giving him credit for. He's been a better passer this year. Um, you know, his three-point shot looks better. And, you know, defensively, he's actually, you know, being asked to defend guard, you know, guards, wings, uh, you know, ball handling forwards more than he was in the past. And, and he's talked about that adjustment. So I think overall, you know, there, there have been some adjustments to his game this season. And he's still figuring all that stuff out. So I'm not concerned with him. I I, I get the the concern from the fan base. I, I get some of the disappointment or frustration from the fan base. But I, I don't think we're we're at like a code red level the way some people are acting on Twitter. Like I, I think this is gonna be fine. Let's look at the 40 game mark. Let's look at the 50 game mark. If AD is still performing like this, then you know I'll, I'll have a different tone. But if if he's not, which I don't think he will be. Uh, I think people will look back at some of this stuff as, as it being kind of silly. Uh, last one, we will close with at Manny uh, Chokuba. I, I apologize. I, I probably butchered that. Um, what's your grade on Gasol-Trez center combo tonight? Offensively, okay, I'm going to split it up. Well, I'm going to split it up. I'm going to grade each of them uh, on both ends. I will give Gasol a... B plus offensively and a A minus defensively. I will give Trez a B minus defensively and a D offensively. Uh, Trez was not effective as a screener. He was not effective as a finisher. He was not active on the glass. Um, this is a really bad matchup for him. You know, going up against either Joel Embiid or Dwight Howard. Those are two guys who are just physically imposing, uh, you know, taller, longer, bigger, stronger than Trez. Uh, it, it was a very difficult matchup for him. Uh, again, I, I don't I don't think he should have played 15 minutes. I think that should have been closer to eight to 10 minutes. Um, I, I do think that he defended Embiid better than uh, some of, of, of Twitter was, was acting like. But he also had a lot more help where if you go back and look, Marcus Sol was often in one on one matchups with occasionally if Embiid was starting to go middle, uh, you know, Lakers having a guy shading over, doubling him on the dribble. Whereas with, with Trez, the second Embiid got the ball, Lakers had a, a second guy 
soft doubling him and then another guy in, in help side kind of ready for the drive. So the Lakers were paying way more attention to Embiid when Trez was defending him. Uh, so Trez did have more help than Mark did, but I, I thought he, he defended him okay. It, it wasn't wasn't great, but it wasn't bad either. With Mark, uh, I, I thought, uh, again, he, he did a good job of being physical, not giving up great position to Embiid, forcing him into that 12 to 14 foot range, uh, you know, forcing him into contested jumpers. And offensively, uh, you know, I felt like had some really good moments in the first quarter. And then the Lakers just uh, tend to go away from him in the second half. Like it, it feels like, you know, it's one or the other. It's either the first half or the second half that Mark will hit a couple threes, get a couple assists and, and be very involved. And then in the other half, you just kind of quiet. And part of that's on him. But but part of that is also the way the Lakers run their offense. Um, you know, a lot of it is Lebr- in LeBron's hands or in Dennis's hands or that they're posting up AD or ISOing him and, uh, you know, markets kind of lost in the shuffle. Uh, so I, I think overall, I guess if I'm combining the grades, uh, I'd probably give Mark a B plus for this game and I'd give Trez a C, uh, you know, C, C minus. Uh, you know, it was not a good Trez game by any means. Uh, you know, the, the one thing I think that helps him is he had three steals. I, I think his defense was better than uh, we, we expected it to be, but he, he was a no-show offensively. You know, again, zero for one from the floor, zero offensive rebounds, zero assists, uh, really did did nothing offensively. Whereas Mark, uh, you know, ha- had a couple threes, had three assists, and, and I, I just thought was, was more effective. So that'll do it for tonight's show. As always, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Jovan Buha, J-O-V-A-N-B-U-H-A. If you have any questions, be sure to reach out. If you have not liked and subscribed to this podcast yet, I don't know what you're doing, but be sure to do that. We would appreciate it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts and are listening to this. Thank you, guys. I'll be back after the Detroit game.